0: every person has a right to basic knowledge of how to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. Here, I bring to you influential individuals and ideas to help you live a more healthy, fulfilling life. I'm Julie Fouché, and I'd like to welcome you to Pursuing Health. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. This is episode 26, and I'll sit down with Functional Forum host James Maskell. A little bit about James before we get started. He's the founder and CEO of Revive Primary Care, which unites functional and integrative medicine practitioners on a digital education platform. He's also the host of the Functional Forum, which is the world's largest integrative medicine conference. It meets live in New York, as well as in meetup groups around the world every month, And he hosts the Evolution of Medicine podcast, of which I'm a huge fan and frequent listener. So I was really excited to speak with James because he is truly leading the charge in bringing functional and integrative medicine to the forefront of chronic disease prevention and treatment. I'm a huge fan of the forum and his podcast, as I said, and I couldn't wait to ask him about how he got started with this work, his goal of supporting 100,000 micro practices around the world, his thoughts on the synergy of CrossFit affiliates and these functional and integrative micro practices, as well as some of his experience with the impact of community on health. So before we get started, a few quick reminders. First of all, if you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a five-star rating. Please also head to my website, juliefoucher.com. There you can enter your email to stay in the loop with the podcast and everything else I'm doing in my biweekly newsletter. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com. I'll select some of these to share on future episodes. Finally, if you're interested in training with me, check out my program through Beyond the Whiteboard. This is the actual training that I do now, 5 days per week, 1 hour per day, scheduled out for you minute by minute from warm up to cool down. Now that the open is over, this is a great time to join us as we get back to the basics and focus on our form. For more info or for try the pro or to try the program out for yourself, please visit beyondthewhiteboard.com/juliefouche So with that, let's get started here with episode number 26 of Pursuing Health featuring James Maskell. Welcome, everyone, back to Pursuing Health. I'm really excited to have James Maskell on today. It's an honor because his podcast is actually one of my favorite podcasts. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more today, James, and find out about how you started, um, your whole, uh, functional forum, evolution of medicine and everything that you're doing. So maybe you could start off and, and talk to us a little bit about that, how you got into doing what you do.
1: Well, yeah, it's great to be here with you, Julian. Thanks for the, the opportunity. Um, you know, this has actually been a lifelong thing for me, initially unintentionally at the beginning. Um, I was born into this, this world. Um, you know, I, I was actually, the the OBGYN that took me, you know, that took me C-section out of my mother was a founding member of the American Holistic Medical Association. And my parents were involved uh, in that, you know, right from the beginning. And so, you know, I I had a a naturopath and a chiropractor and a homeopath growing up rather than any regular doctors. So I didn't realize that that was abnormal until I got to school and no one knew what a chiropractor was. And it was just a, you know, it's a different world. So um, yeah, this has been, been me since the beginning. I had a rebellious phase where I thought. I need to be an investment banker. um, uh, And I went in that direction. I had a degree in economics. I did focus quite a lot on health economics at that point. Um, But I, um, you know, I would went into being an investment banker. And after about six months, I wasn't even, you know, on a desk yet. I was still in the, still in the uh, graduate program that I, that I got onto. I realized this wasn't you know, ladder that I wanted to climb and I wasn't in in the industry that I wanted to to play in. And I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I ended up leaving that. This is 11 years ago now, so 2005. And I moved to America. And um, my cousin had been involved in the spa industry and had brought uh, the first natural skincare line to America and um, had had a lot of great success with that. And so I, you know, I went to go and work for him. So the first job that I had was working in this spa, essentially, they started, he he felt like the future of medicine or the future of primary care was going to be holistic, naturopathic medicine, you know, functional medicine, I guess he didn't use those words then, but, mm-hmm. you know, integrated medicine delivered in a spa type of environment. And so I worked in this clinic. And um, for a year and a half, I worked there, I was doing business development, but I was also sort of running the, the business and it was an amazingly run practice it was it's called the Spa on Green Street it's in Gainesville Georgia and okay. uh, i got so much insight in that year and a half in how to run a successful practice um, then I became, they, they purchased this supplement company that was, uh, sold to doctors that only, there's a, there's a small niche of supplement companies that you can only buy through doctors. You can't buy in stores. Mm-hmm. And so I started working for one of those companies. And so I started coming a lot more into contact with all kinds of holistic providers. And that's when I first started to find out about functional medicine, because I would go to the conferences and we'd have a booth and I would, um, you know, I would start to just interact and see, and I can remember very clearly being in, uh, the integrated health symposium in New York in in two thousand and nine, and hearing Dr. Jeffrey Bland speaking, and and one hand being very excited because I felt for the first time here was a movement that had enough science to bring mainstream doctors across. Mm-hmm. The supplement that I was supplement company I was working for was probably a little bit left of of functional medicine and bioenergetic medicine, and I realised that the only MDs that were a fit for that product were people that already knew functional medicine because they'd already had an understanding of systems biology and so forth, and um, root cause resolution and and the body's innate healing potential, and so I just realised that functional medicine was going to be that bridge, and so. Um, you know, I had a couple of other businesses. I had a practice development business where we'd coach practitioners on how to build a successful practice. I had a website company where we try and, uh, where we built websites for, for doctors in the space who, you know, wanted to build their practice. And all of that was good. We learned a lot, but none of it really scaled, uh, to the kind of impact that I wanted to have. And, um, you know, uh, I went through those journeys. I went to this meetup on the West coast of, of, uh, of America in LA, Dr. Hyla Cass who's a functional psychiatrist had had this meetup for 30 years where doctors and you know holistic doctors and practitioners would get together once a month and I went to one of the meetups and it was amazing there was 150 people there and I was like oh this is a really great community and everyone seems to get a lot of value out of it mm-hmm. and I thought man they should have this in New York and so that's when we came up with the idea for the functional forum and you know at about the same time I realized you know one of our strengths was was the practice development so we wanted to have a clinical piece of it we wanted to have Practice development piece of it, and um, you know we wanted to have a bit on health technology as well. So that was the genesis of the forum. We came up with the idea. I think in the summer of 2013, the first episode was the first of uh, the the February 2014, and as of today, we've done 25 episodes, and um, now we're you know getting some serious reach. You know, going back to Jeff Bland and, and listening to him, I realized he was a guy who had enough science to convince mainstream medicine that you know, about holism and start moving doctors this way. Mm -hmm. But I was also frustrated in the fact that there was only five hundred doctors in the room and every doctor needs to learn about this. And the functional forum, the real you know, intention of it was one, how do we get this information out to more doctors? But two, how do we actually create something the doctors want to watch rather Mm -hmm. than something that they're forced to watch for CMEs because I think the CME game is changing and it's sort of trending to zero. There's an unlimited number of people that can use it, uh, you know, that, that are providing CMEs and the cost is going to zero. So just using CMEs to get attention is the old world and we wanted to actually develop something that would be really valuable to those doctors and um, I think, uh, you know, through the Functional Forum, we've, we have found a format that's interesting and fun and also we've been able to get great speakers on there. And now it's got to a size where there's some real momentum and it's sort of happening outside of, of what we're doing. And so, um, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be busy doing every month.
0: Absolutely. Do you have an idea of how many people on average are tuning in to the Functional Forum now?
1: So typically in the first month we reach about ten thousand physicians um, mm-hmm. each each month, and now it's, one of the things that's hard to gauge is you know each one of those people, each one of those ten thousand could be a group of three or twenty or right. one hundred and fifty. Right. So if one hundred and fifty people, which we have fifteen meetups now that are bigger than a hundred. Um, and so you got more than hundred people sitting in a room watching the meetup, that counts as one. Mm-hmm. So I think you know somewhere in into the range of twelve or thirteen thousand in the first month is about right. But then I would also put this caveat: is that what's really exciting, and that's this is the power of the internet, is that there's this long tail. Mm-hmm. So you know we did a, a, a we did one called Microbiome Madness, which was last uh, March, March two thousand fifteen episode. I saw recently that in the last month that episode had been seen by 3000 more people. So the biggest conference you're seeing out there is, you know, 2000 and that's only once a year. The biggest IFM annual conference is like Mm 1200. So to have an episode that we shot a year ago, getting 3000 more views in a month is really exciting because it shows the power of the internet to be able to sort of make this available to anyone and to sort of cut down the barriers to, you know, to doctors finding out about functional medicine, which was the goal in the beginning.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the goals that you talk about a lot for the Functional Forum is having 100,000 micro practices across, I guess, across the country or across the world. But um, can you talk a little bit about your vision for what those micro practices do and, and how they can have such an impact?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this micro practice thing, you're going to be hearing a lot more of uh, in the le- in the next few years because um, this is what we're really going to build our whole uh, structure on. Now, it's super exciting that functional medicine is coming into things like the Cleveland Clinic, um, and I know that you're you're sort of directly involved with that. But um, you know, one of the things that I I see is that you know, first of all, developing these kind of centers in major medical institutions is an uphill struggle. There's a lot of personalities and ego involved. Um, And so it can be it can be slow, especially if you don't have the sort of top down support that you have at the Cleveland Clinic, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for years, integrated medicine centers were put into hospitals, but pretty marginalized. Put them, you know, the bottom room or, you know, the Cleveland Clinic's case, you know, 10 miles down the road so that it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Right, And it's not really a part of the overall structure, whereas, you know, the Cleveland Cent- Clinic Center for Functional Medicine is, which is really exciting. But I think there's a tremendous opportunity today for doctors to build their own integrative micropractices or functional micro practices. And the reason why we use the word for, uh, micro practice is really because there's an opportunity more than ever today to build practices that have low overhead. And that's absolutely critical when you're starting a new business and you're an entrepreneur. You need to reduce overhead as much as possible so that, you know, as you're developing your business, as you're learning, as you're going, you're not potentially putting yourself out of business by fighting a massive overhead every month. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that with technology as it is today, with telemedicine and with, um, you know, some of the other services that, that we found, the other technologies that we found for e-prescribed tools or, you know, the Uber for phlebotomists, you know, you don't need to have as much Stuff in your practice. You know, functional medicine is sort of a low tech intervention where you're spending a lot of time speaking to people and having real relationships. And that doesn't take, you know, you don't need as much physical space. And so what we've been encouraging, and this actually came way back in our fourth ever episode that we did. We had Mark Hyman, we had Andy Heyman, but we also had this guy called Dr. Jeffrey Glad, who's mm. been a great friend of mine and has been a real inspiration, um, you know, through this whole process. And, you know, he he's just, uh, you know, he he set out the vision really. He showed this picture of every farmer's market in America and showed the massive growth of farmer's market in the last decade. And was like, what if there was a micro practice wherever there was one of these farmer's markets? And that right. really got to me. And I thought, you know, in the same way that in, in food, People are frustrated with, you know, the the levels of, of um, bureaucracy and the levels of interruption between the farmer and you, you know, packaging it, up labeling it, making it less healthy. All the things that happen, right? right? It's the same thing in medicine where I think just like you want to look at go to the farmer's market and look your farmer in the eye and say, you know you know, I want to eat your food It's the same thing with doctor, you want to have that relationship and you want to get all of the other players out of the way the middlemen in the hospitals, the bureaucrats who are just trying to profit maximize the insurance companies who are deciding what's real and what's not the pharma companies who have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to maximize profits. There's all these people in the way. And I think what more people just want is a real relationship with a real human. And so we've been trying to set up systems and structures where that can can happen really easily. And so with technology, with some of these new um, practice structures that we're seeing, there's a real opportunity for functional medicine doctors and and other providers like nurse practitioners to be able to build their own practice Mm -hmm. which is traditionally been really hard in the last 10 years because once you start taking insurance you have to have a lot of people to process it and it's a logistical nightmare and that's why you've seen more doctors going the other way actually which is selling their practice to hospital systems and what we want to do is is to sort of solve the bigger problem in medicine through physician entrepreneurship now it's not only gonna happen through that and there are things like the cleveland clinic where they're now employing a lot of doctors and i think that the majority of doctors actually just want to be an employee and do their work mm-hmm. but i also see that we'll get a bigger level of innovation and we'll have the actual doctors themselves who have sort of heroically stepped out of regular medicine to practice this type of medicine and prove that it works um, to be able to you know set up a life for themselves that you know that is healthy um through this through this practice because you know we live in a time where record numbers of doctors are committing suicide record amount of doctors being burnt out mm-hmm. and that may or may not continue to happen in the new system if you're an employee because you have little control over it. But Dr. Jeff Glad has worked two and a half days a week for the last five years and, you know, has a very strong, happy personal life, is very balanced, you know, his clinic makes enough money to, you know, pay all of his stuff and for him to live comfortably. And that's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, right? So if that can happen right. in Fort Wayne, Indiana, that can happen in every zip code of America. And I think it's a great model to empower the physician to lead the healthcare revolution.
0: Absolutely. Definitely is. A medical student and someone in training, it is inspiring to see that and to see what is possible now. Um, because entering medical school, it was one of those things where you just constantly keep hearing, well, you're going to end up working for a big hospital system. It's impossible. All these family practices are closing. It's impossible to keep your doors open. And to see that it that's really not the truth and that you can actually practice in a much more meaningful way, um, the way that you want to is really inspiring, I know, for myself and for other students coming up. But one of the things, as you were talking about that, I think that's a great segue into what's happening with CrossFit because I think a lot of people listening are CrossFitters, and I think the, we've, see, we've seen a similar movement in the fitness industry where we were before seeing a lot of Globo gyms and huge corporations and people paying $10 a month memberships but never showing up to the gym. Whereas um, now a CrossFit affiliate, very low overhead um, and it's a much smaller community where you develop that relationship with your trainer. You're actually spending a lot of time and focusing on um, improving your fitness. And so I think, um, oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great point, and I've I've had the opportunity to do CrossFit a lot. I see there's a strong community. I like the low overhead model. It is very similar in a lot of ways, and uh, I think there's a natural synergy between between functional medicine and and CrossFit. And I've said a lot, you know, through all of the trainings that I've done and and, and at events that. Like, people who go to CrossFit are the best patients for functional medicine doctors and is, is a ready-made community that is ready for any doctor that's wanting to do root cause resolution medicine, functional medicine in their community as a, as a great place to develop a relationship with. And uh, I think, you know, one of the things we're seeing that that's a great opportunity, and we're also seeing that, you know, that could happen at scale. Well, how, how many uh, CrossFit boxes are there in, uh, in America?
0: I'm not sure the exact number, but I know it's somewhere around 12 or 13,000, well, worldwide.
1: Well, that's 12,000 out of 100,000.
0: Right. So it's it's getting <laughs> yeah. one step closer. Yeah. Um. So how would, that being said, how would maybe a member of a CrossFit affiliate or an affiliate owner contact someone in their area who's working in functional or integrated medicine or try to facilitate that sort of partnership?
1: Well, look, the cool thing that we've done with the Functional Forum is set up a structure where you can create local connection. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was a CrossFit box owner right now, what I would do is I would go to meetup.functionalforum.com and have a regular Functional Forum meetup in my CrossFit box. Mm -hmm. You know, that way all you need is, you know, is is a TV or a projector or you need some seats. Maybe you could do it in another place. Some of the CrossFit boxes that I've seen are in uh, buildings that used to be offices and so there's like a little office attached to it mm-hmm. um, and so you know you could get if you now you set that up now you start putting the word out and you get you know 5, 10, 15, 20 practitioners coming to your meetup every month now they're referring people to the CrossFit and you're having a good relationship you know the the benefit we the way that we set this up is that anyone could start a meetup in any zip code of America to bring practitioners together. Mm -hmm. And we've seen sales reps do it. We've seen doctors do it. We've seen health coaches do it. We've seen other providers do it. We've seen all kinds of people do it because the benefit to doing it, the the majority of the benefit to doing it falls on the person that starts it. There's a real value in taking initiative and doing it. And so I would say if you have a business that could possibly be you know, referred to by a health professional of all sorts, then that you're in a great position to sort of bring that group together. And um, hopefully I'm an inspiration for that because I set up this whole thing and I have no medical training, no medical background. You know, I worked in this field for a number of years and so I knew what was going on. But, you know, I I think, you know, hopefully it, it sends a signal to the market that anyone can do this and there's real benefits in doing it and what we're really trying to do is create community and i think that crossfit boxes are a really important part of a health community because it's a place where one people are doing healthy behaviors and not only doing those healthy behaviors but learning other healthy behaviors okay. through the sort of paleo infusion to uh, crossfit that you know teaches people about how to eat right and 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 eat low inflammatory foods and you know has a lot of um, momentum in its own way but also there's a real be- there's a real health benefit in creating Creating community and so there's a there's a real synergy when you get the exercise the food and the community together um, and I, I think these are the these are the pods of, of health creation I was asked recently whether I thought hospitals would be the center of, you know, the health creation movement that is very different from the disease care movement. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think so. I mean, I I really feel like it's gonna be these kind of um, structures, more grassroots, where, you know, people locally take the incentive to build that. Um, that are going to be centers of health creation and not hospitals because hospitals are really not really set up for that in a certain way. You know, you have no windows, you have fluorescent lighting, it's completely sterile, everyone hates their jobs. You know, <laughs> these are, this is not the, the place where health is going to be created in my mind.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. And I think that it is a place where health is going to be created as a place where people want to go, where they want to spend their time um, with each other and do things that are, you know, positive for their health. Absolutely. Um, and that kind of segueing from that um, point about community, we obviously in CrossFit realize the power of community and feel it very strongly. Um, and I know that's something that you talk about a lot, uh, and especially in the area of social genomics. Um, and I listen, I, you recently had on your podcast, Dr. George Slavich from UCLA Stress Lab, and that was one of my favorite episodes. But I was wondering if you could talk maybe a little bit more about what you've learned about the true power of community on health.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, This, this, you know, I've been interested in building community the whole way through this brand. It's a big part of the brand. Um, when my book comes out in a couple of years, you'll realize, you know, quite how relevant that was to me. Mm-hmm. I was actually sort of born into a community, and I grew up in in a community uh, early on, and so a lot of the things just sort of came naturally to me because this is the way that I was brought up, which is very different from, you know, sort of the nuclear household right. um, shift in the 60s and 70s, right, towards getting rid of the extended family, everyone living in their own little house. You know, that was not my reality. Yeah so we show up at the IFM conference last year ready to shoot some video and make some episodes from that conference and this guy George Slavich walks on and does this whole thing on human social genomics and rolls out the data mm-hmm. and shows that in you know for the first time human social genomics is not and is a completely new science and the reason is is because now it's cheap enough to do you know uh, genomic data so much so that you could track people and do it every 6 months and see the changes right And so what they found is straight away is that is that um, social isolation and um, and and uh, intentional breaking of social bonds is a is a massive influence on on health. And whether that be through, you know, through um, epigenetic changes through, you know, there's a there's a specific now they see the relationship between the brain and immunity. And so you, you have a real impact on your immune system, um, you know, through these kind of changes. So, yeah, George Slavik breaks it all down with what they've been talking about. But I, th- I think it's one of the most interesting areas of medicine. I guess the takeaway soundbite from it is that social isolation is a bigger driver of uh, mortality. And, and disease risk than uh, nutrition and exercise and smoking, which are being mm. sort of the typically the biggest three that we've seen. Right. So that's why you see people who are lonely. Um, one study came up with, which is like if um, let's say, you know, there, there's a there's a breaking of the social bond, like let's say a whole department gets fired from work, right? Mm-hmm. Each person in that department has a two time risk of depression. Um, because they've been they've been fired from work and there's like a, a social bond that's been broken now if one person individually gets fired from work where now it was just them and it mm-hmm. wasn't a whole a whole group mm-hmm. that goes up to a 20 time risk of depression wow. so what you're seeing is when it's an individual person's you know risk that changes like that and it's it's a intentional um, it, there's an intentional Way in which a, a human bond is is broken, then you know that can be be serious, and I've seen it within my own family and personal experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I see that, you know, I see that it's it's such an important part of of health. You know, if you look at the blue zones, you can see oh, that. Yeah. You know, you're familiar with the blue zones research of of the places in the earth which have the lowest levels of chronic disease. It's all about community. You know, all of them have community in in common, and so. You know, I just think that's a really important thing to to look at. And so what we try to do is, first of all, build these communities of providers with the functional forum. So getting providers together. And then what you're going to see us rolling out, and I've been talking about this at conferences for a while, but you'll start to see it being rolled out with more um, sophistication from us, is how practitioners can build communities around their practice mm-hmm. because it makes sense to me that a crossfit box or a functional medicine practice or ideally some sort of hybrid of the two which i know you're very excited about could be the centers of health creation in every zip code of the country and that's um you know that's that's part of the master plan
0: absolutely i am on board <laughs> um okay well maybe you could talk about since you've started this this whole journey with with your mission to create hundred thousand micropractices and really flip primary care upside down. What are some of the most surprising or interesting things that you've learned along the way, or has there been anything that's really, um, changed the way that you thought?
1: Well, that's a good question. You know, definitely, you know, learn a lot about along the way. Um, you know, I think, Part of the the reason why this business has worked has been that you know you had my ten thousand hours in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, when I first started, I put being a supplement rep, I put a hundred thousand miles on my car in three years, drove yeah. from every small town from Virginia to Maine, which was my territory, met hundreds of doctors and started to find out their you know their um their problems and you know their solutions. You know, I think I think uh, you know one of the biggest things that has happened um in the last few years has been this whole microbiome research Mm. that just came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. um it was really awesome for me because i went to this conference called acam in 2012 that was the same year that the human microbiome project results came out, and I had an opportunity to sit there and listen to Dr. Bob Browntree, who's a pretty storied functional medicine doctor and winner of the Linus Pauling Award last year, um, you know, talk about the microbiome. And at that moment in time, I knew more about the microbiome than 90% of physicians or 95% of physicians Mm -hmm. probably because it was so new. And I just realized that this was going to, you know, shake the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the foundations of of medical science. Now, I've been surprised on how slow that's been. You know, I think the average physician probably, like, doesn't still know about it or the implications of it. I mean, the fact that the gastroenterology profession missed the fact that there was 100 trillion microbes in their organ of specialty (laughs) um, is is insane to me. And I, I, you know, I find that truly unbelievable. Um, But I, you know, so I guess there's been... You know, there's been a lot of things that have happened that, um, you know, that have been been surprising to me. But uh, I think the microbiome has been a topic that, um, you know, that has has sort of come along at the right time to reshape. I mean, the microbiome research has really helped to push the cause of functional medicine. I would say,
0: absolutely, because it,
1: you know, functional medicine fits a lot more into the into the paradigm of microbiome medicine um, in a way that conventional medicine really can't or doesn't.
0: Absolutely and I notice that is something that you at least in the past few years when I've been in medical school you hear a lot of talk about it and a lot of talk about the research but the actual transition of putting that into practice and changing what's actually being done in practice is very slow very slow to change.
1: Well, they say it takes 17 years, right, for new research to become, you know, regular clinical practice. And and some of the research that I've seen suggests that in 17 years' time, um, so let's go back a few years, but let's say it came out in 2012, so 17 years would take us to 2029. um, We're going to have some serious (laughs) chronic disease issues by 2029 on this planet, um, and particularly in America um so we don't really have time to to waste. And part of the goal with the Functional Forum has been to accelerate this evolution of medicine mm-hmm. towards more doctors finding out about it so that we could, you know, we could make some some progress in that in that regard. Because uh yeah, the, the chronic disease thing is is a big problem. Um, I think America, just by having the problem for longer because we invented mcdonald's and coke (laughs) and the kind of stuff that gives you chronic diseases you know we've had the problem for longer so we've been more able to find some of the solutions and um i if i could look out for my next 10 20 years you know being involved in the the rollout of functional medicine type offerings you know in in every country in the world because really every industrialized nation is struggling with chronic disease um the numbers keep going up the costs keep going up the structures that have been created for acute disease that we now build our whole medical system around um, are proving not to be that effective for chronic disease. And so I think there's a, there's a great opportunity for functional medicine to really step forward into its rightful place, which is, you know, as you said, um, a new iteration of primary care. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's starting to happen. And we're very, very early, it's still, you know, we're really in the early adopter phase, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's it's an idea that time has come for sure.
0: Definitely. And I can definitely see that it is accelerating and hopefully we'll get there far before 17 years from now. <laughs> yep. All right. I want to close with three questions I ask everyone on the podcast. So the first is three things that you do on a regular basis that you think have the biggest overall positive impact on your health.
1: Uh, that's a good, yeah, good question. So, on you know my health, uh, I would say, well, you know the the top three things. so I think uh, the, when I feel healthy is if I have a if I have a continually a uh, few days of uh, of drinking water consistently, mm-hmm. um, I feel like sometimes just a day goes by and I just haven't been conscious of it. Mm-hmm. So I've set myself little reminders of that. I think being outside um is is been huge. I moved to Southern California and one of the things that I found myself was that you know when I was living in New York I would literally come out of my house when it was dark <laughs> walk to the subway go through the subway in the dark come yeah. out into the thing and go into my office that was dark and I just wasn't you know doing that so I'd get outside as much as I can so you know that's changed my life uh completely I don't think that I'm the, you know, right person to be speaking about nutritional habits because I think I have a way to go with uh, with, with, that end. But I think, uh, you know, the my my daughter and spending time with her has uh, a definite um, improvement in my health. So I'd I like to go for more of the uh, psychosocial type of uh, things than probably other guests that you have.
0: Absolutely. Well, maybe that can answer my second question would be one thing you wish you did or something that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you... Have a hard time implementing it, so maybe that would yeah, be a
1: nutrition look, I, for you. No, uh, maybe nutrition. I mean, look, I eat very clean and healthy, mm-hmm. but like I also just, you know, if I I I I could become really unconscious with things, so suddenly I'll just be like, eh, you know, not thinking, and suddenly I've eaten five thousand calories, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. So that that's certainly something, but I, I I definitely feel the one thing. Like last summer when I was doing CrossFit like three or four times a week mm-hmm. for two months. I don't think I've ever felt better than that. And part of it was because I would go in the morning and I would come. because I think the, you know, the hardest thing for me is just keeping everything together with time, you know, running, being an entrepreneur, having a child, having a wife, having a family, being responsible for, you know, for employees and that kind of thing. It can be very easy. Just put yourself at the bottom of that list. Um, you know, Randy Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg's sister has this, this quote about being an entrepreneur. I can't remember exactly the five, but she says there are five things in life. It's like family, um, uh, you know, family self care um like uh what was it it's- work sex eating well whatever there's mm-hmm. five of them and you could choose three so you can't you can't, do <laughs> can't all have them. all of them at once and I, yeah exactly and I feel like for me the fitness one is the one that falls off okay and when I was at a good speed with it but that's the other thing about that: I was, I was in a consistent place for two months whereas right. now just in the last little while I've moved to California i would be traveling a lot but if I can um you know get that together that that always makes me feel better there's still work to do on that end
0: Absolutely, the consistency makes a big difference. Or having sort of a consistent yep. routine, which I know is difficult to do when you're an entrepreneur. You have a lot of things going on. Um, all right, last question is: What does a healthy life look like to you?
1: I think a, a healthy life provides the opportunity to add as much value as possible into the world, whether that be to the people that you spend time with and family and mm-hmm. and your work. You know, I get a lot of. Um, Sort of inspiration and juice for my life by my work. I really enjoy what I do. I think there is a there is a trend in the world happening right now, and I think it's a millennial trend to for people to really want to be passionate about the work they do. And I think that that's really going to carry on, especially with automation and robots taking over. There's not going to be as many menial jobs, and so I think people finding their passion and finding ways to you know to work in something that they love is is going to become more and more of a a trend you know people have been talking about it for 20 years but it's been very difficult for people to do and make a living but i feel like with the democratization of the internet and the scale that's up you know that's available through those kind of things Mm -hmm. there's more and more opportunity for people to do that and one of the things that we're going to be doing uh julie as as you see what we're doing is rolling out is creating structures where people can come into this industry and really start to make impact mm-hmm. either you know in a clinical role say like as a health coach supporting a doctor and helping to implement plans but it might be as a sales rep it might be as a community organizer it might be as an activist mm-hmm. and we want to find you know a role for everyone in this field because Um, you know, we do need all hands on deck uh, if we're going to solve this problem. And I I know that there's a lot of people out there who are stuck in a job they hate and would love to be a community organizer, say, but just can't pay the bills with it. And I think that, um, you know, as we start to build a peer-to-peer medical system and a and a, a, a medical system that works for chronic disease, there's going to be a lot of new jobs and opportunities and we'd love to connect people with things that make them happy because I think that's going to have a big impact on health.
0: Absolutely. that I love that one. I think that might be my favorite response to that question I've heard thus far. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, before we go, where can people find you or learn more about what you're doing?
1: Uh, Functionalforum.com is uh, is our main site. Our new site for our business is Evolution of Medicine, which is goevomed.com. Uh, we should have a new rebranding of that coming out very soon. But, um, yeah, you know, one date I would just say for everyone to look forward to, which I'm going to be talking a lot about in the next six months, is the 12th of September. And on the 12th mm-hmm. of September, we're doing the Functional Forum live from the Cleveland Clinic. And what I want on that day is tens of thousands of new physicians and medical students watching that broadcast seeing toby cosgrove say hey you know, the, the few, we're betting on functional medicine as the future of chronic disease management, hearing from Mark Hyman, releasing, you know, the results of what they've been able to do in the clinic thus far and sort of putting this, you know, having a moment in time where people realize, okay, this is serious, this is happening. And, you know, for, for the shame that doctors and, and health providers that are not practicing, like sort of standard of care medicine have felt to be able to sort of step out of their, uh, Um, that shadow and to be stand into the light and say, look, no, this is the future of chronic disease management and, you know, and to be, you know, felt like as such. And I think the September the 12th is going to be a huge date for that. And I'm very excited to be, you know, bringing that to the world. And, um, so if you, if that gets you excited, you know, start your functional forum meetup group and get a group together and start building it over the summer. So by the time September comes, um, you know, we'll be able to get as many people, and as, especially as many physicians, in front of that broadcast as possible. Um, you know, there's there's a big problem with physician suicide. There's a big problem with physician burnout. I really feel like this could solve, or at least help to solve, some of those products Because you know, one thing I would tell you your problems most functional medicine doctors that I know love their job. They love working with people. They're very passionate about what they do. It's reignited their passion for medicine in a lot of cases. And I think that's uh, something that will have a whole slew of um, impactful benefits to everyone who participates.
0: Absolutely. Well, I am definitely looking forward to September 12th. I'm going to be there. It's on my calendar. And hopefully a lot of people listening will tune in as well.
1: Great. Thank you, Julie.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. This conversation with James really fired me up for what's possible in the future. I hope you all could take something away. And maybe some of you will even consider looking up the local functional forum meetup in your area or starting one of your own. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, to subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. Also, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. I always love hearing your feedback, so please continue to leave comments under this post on my website and share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.